Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome back to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here. And uh, we're continuing our SaaS growth series with Paris Childress from hop.online. Paris, thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Great to be here. And uh, don't forget this whole series is brought to you by videocasestory.com. If you're looking to grow your SaaS, one of the best things you can do is start collecting your client stories, your customer stories. Go to videocasestories.com to learn the strategy, how to collect them remotely, how we can help you find videographers that know how to find those stories, and even how to use them in marketing and SEO, and find awesome people like Paris. Uh, Paris, so thank you for being on the show. I'm super excited to talk to you about content, where you're going with video, how you're using video, and your rapid-fire video methods to really get results. But before we get into it, let's talk a little about you. How, before we get into hop.online, how did you get into marketing? Well, I've been in marketing pr- probably for close to 20 years. It, it, it started, I guess, when I was in business school in 2003. And then and that's when my market after business school is when my marketing career really started. I moved, I moved to Bulgaria in 2005. And then from then on, I've, I've really been just immersed into what was then in these old days called web marketing and evolved into online marketing, now digital and now performance, but it's, it's all really been a lot of the same. And, and uh, once I dipped my toe in, I could never really get, get out. And I kept getting drawn more and more in as things evolved. And how did you get into SaaS marketing specifically? We've been around for about 12 years as an agency. And about two years ago, we made a strategic decision that we needed to focus more and niche down into a particular vertical in order to continue growing. And for us, that answer was SaaS. The reason was that we had a few SaaS clients and these were our favorite projects. They were the most successful. They were the most fun for the teams to work on. They had the biggest growth potential. So the industry itself is, is red hot right now. And so we decided let's stop trying to provide all these services to all people, which we had really been doing for the last 10 years. Let's try to focus only on the needs of SaaS businesses and let's get really, really good at driving growth for SaaS companies. And I have to say, that's not an easy decision to make because it's a little bit scary when you're narrowing down your addressable market by uh, orders of magnitude in that way. It could be a little bit scary, but I think for many agencies, this is the right decision. And I have no regrets at all. Now, looking back, um, having made that decision two years ago, the, the journey is never finished, but now we have a predominantly a, a SaaS portfolio of clients and we really have systems and methods designed around helping SaaS companies grow the right way with digital marketing. I mean, I agree with you. I think that, you know, if you're hiring an agency, that you should be looking for someone specialized. And if you are an agency, it makes it a lot easier because everything is just changing so fast. It's really difficult to get really good at everything. And it's all changing so fast. It's not like print media where it's like, hey, we can do print and TV because nothing's really changing in 20 years, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and so tell me a little bit about your first ventures. And like, what was your experience in SaaS that got you into it and your first successes? We had one particular success with a, a company called Output. And this is a music software company. It still probably is our, 
our most exciting case study. They were a traditional software company that sold sold software through an e-commerce model. So they would just sell um, on one-time pricing and it was expensive stuff. And then they got into the SaaS game and they launched the SaaS product at a $10 a month subscription. And this was about three years ago. And it was really for them, it was a whole new venture. It was like spinning off a whole different company, but they were baking in all the best stuff from their software products into this SaaS product. And they wanted to, they wanted to really go for the ma a mass market play. And in the first, well, 16 months working with them, we went really from zero to over 100,000 customers in, in 16 months. And that's with a controlled CAC, controlled customer acquisition cost, which wow. later led them to raise uh, 45 million in Series A a few months ago. And now they're, 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 they're setting their sights five times higher, 10 times higher than today. So that's, that was one of the reasons why we said, we want more projects like this. This is exciting. It's fun. We want to go on these growth journeys with our clients and we want to be a big factor for them raising money and getting runway and, and uh, maybe even becoming a unicorn someday. So that, that's why it was a kind of an easy decision for us. Um, there was really no other vertical that was nearly as exciting. Love it. And, and that's so cool. I mean, that's, that's an amazing, amazing story of, you know, helping someone transform and then grow. And, you know, because that transforming from software, you know, traditional software to SaaS is, is really difficult. I mean, it's not the easiest thing mm -hmm. in the world. It seems like it should be, but it's not easy, is it? It's just an entirely different model when you have subscription-based revenue and you have to run calculations like lifetime value. I mean, these are not things that typically e-commerce companies really think about too much. But with subscription revenue, you have to figure out well, how much can I afford to pay to acquire a customer? And in order to do that, you've got to project out a lifetime value. And your, your future investor wants to see typically that that lifetime value is going to be probably two and a half, three, three and a half times greater than your acquisition cost. And you've got to look ahead to that future and say, we need to start doing it today. We need to control the customer acquisition costs. We need to start grouping our acquired users into cohorts and then calculating lifetime value. Wow. And, and I love that. It's calculated, right? At this point, did you, were you in direct response? Because I know you were we were going to talk a little bit about direct response. Where did you really mm -hmm. start get digging into direct response as part of this? Well, for me, direct response to me means that you're focusing campaigns on pretty much immediate conversions or last click, last click style of conversions. You want people to come to a piece of creative and be moved enough by that offer to take action, to take, mm -hmm. to take a measurable action. To me, that's what's, that, that is what direct response means. You are judging a campaign by its ability to deliver immediate conversions, not necessarily top of funnel or mid funnel, but bottom of the funnel. And um, when did you start implementing that into your marketing, into SaaS marketing? We've, we've always really implemented that because our, our theory to this is that it's best to start from the bottom of the funnel and work your way up. If there's an addressable market of people who are in market today and ready to buy in your category. So imagine you're a, let's say you're a time tracking SaaS company. You're in the time tracking category. It's pretty competitive. There's a certain number of people out there right now who are in market and ready to buy. Whatever limited resources and limited budget you have, you need to exploit to the fullest extent possible that bottom of the funnel and squeeze every drop you can. Because these are going to be the cheapest customers to acquire and the fastest customers to acquire. So it's not just paid search, but all video efforts and content efforts have to be first aimed at exploiting the bottom of the funnel and squeezing every drop out of, out of that, which, which means direct response creative, direct response videos. 
Only then, once that's saturated, you move up the funnel and you try to expand the, the middle and the top of the funnel by what we call demand generation, which is trying to get people who might not even be aware of their problem yet to see that this is a category of SaaS that can make their lives easier. And then you have different creative approaches, which are a little bit less direct response oriented, but more about uh, creating awareness of a problem and getting people into the market. I think that what you said is so, so important. I think everyone needs to listen to that again, because I see so often everyone wants to start top of the funnel or middle of the funnel. You know, for us, we call, you know, we, we do this thing called the storyboard blueprint where we walk through a customer's journey and everyone wants to start at the very beginning of the customer journey. I'm like, that's a lot of work and you've got so much opportunity, right? Right on your website, right? Just mm -hmm. a, a step away from your website. Is that something you see often as people are really concentrating too far out of the funnel when they come to you? or too far from the bottom of the funnel? Sometimes, yes. Maybe it's just natural to think about that as a logical progression where you just naturally start top down, but no, really you need to start bottom up. If you have a limited budget also, just think, think purely financially here. If you can generate positive cash flow from profitable bottom of funnel campaigns, then you have money to fund now your middle of the funnel and your top of the funnel. Yeah. And it's just a lot, a lot better way to go about it. Take the low hanging fruit first. Yeah. Especially when you have limited budget and limited resources. Then everything you do afterwards is leveraged two, three, four times, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, because if you, if you can double the conversion rate of your website, double the conversion rate of your landing pages at the point of people buying, it's mm -hmm. everything you do is now double uh, effort. I, it, I think point. it's so, yeah, it's such an excellent it, point. It, it's such a high leverage thing that I see so often people want to just, they want to, Go and maybe not so much in the SaaS space, but I see it in, you know, digital agency space. I see it, digital agencies wanting to become thought leaders before they're getting their conversion right. You know, even mm -hmm. like wanting to build out high subscriber YouTube channels before they even have a Facebook pixel on their website. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. It's like <laughs> you're not. Yeah, just first, there. first ask them how many how many leads do you think you lost this week just by not getting having really having your bottom of the funnel perfected. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's, whether it's tracking and measurement or conversion rate optimization, or, uh, or just utilizing that small paid media budget that, that you have as an agency to really try to drive leads. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's still where we're doing middle and top of funnel. And I have a podcast and we, we blog a lot and we, we, we do care a lot about thought leadership, but we equally obsess over bottom of funnel conversion because that's yep. gotta be, we've got to get that right to make yep. everything else work. Exactly. And I mean, I mean, there's so much nuance too. And a lot of people I see like, well, I got the lead and they don't like, even they got lead or even close to the sale. Like someone is really close to the sale and they're not spending enough time even thinking about shopping cart conversion or, you know, even your contact us page. I'm seeing that a lot. And so, you know, when it comes to that level of bottom of the funnel, even middle funnel, top funnel. I want to talk a little bit about video is obviously important for us, but where, what pieces of content do you start with to improve that bottom of the funnel conversion? Usually the best place to start is by optimizing paid search. And, and usually the first one or two months of a new client engagement, we are really just trying to improve the efficiency, the cost per lead or, or, um, or cost per acquisition efficiency in the paid search accounts. But that usually is, is pretty much done in the first couple of months. And then we start expanding into other formats like video. To me, video, a lot of clients just naturally think video is, video is about building our brand and video is top of the funnel. We think about video first and foremost as, as a performance format, belonging in the bottom of the funnel and contributing to 
conversions. And um, just as a quick aside, the, the world, especially the Google Ads platform, which is a leading performance marketing and advertising platform out there, and it probably will be for many more years, they're introducing a campaign type called Performance Max. And I don't know if you've heard about this campaign type, but what it does is it, it eliminates the need to try to figure out attribution across YouTube, display, and paid search. And it blends everything into one single campaign type. And you just feed assets into this campaign. You feed videos, you feed headlines, you feed display creatives and still images. And Google decides how to allocate your assets across all of its properties, YouTube, display, search, the discover feed. And it gives you, it's, it simply just tries to optimize to your cost per conversion goals. And this, we've done some early testing of Performance Max. And I'm telling you, this is really, really exciting stuff. This is one of the most exciting things coming out of Google Ads in years. Because it is going to make video, it's going to revolutionize video as a performance asset. When you feed the right type of videos to YouTube, Google will be able to detect that and put it in the right, be, be able to create the right journeys for people. And the really cool thing is that Google, in the reporting of these Performance Max campaigns, Google will tell you for every single asset. So imagine every single video that you put in, Google tells you this video is overperforming, this video is underperforming this video here is performing on average. So your creative team can quickly see, all right, these concepts and these are all underperforming concepts, let's throw them away. These are all overperforming videos and concepts. Let's build and iterate off of that. So it takes out so much of the guesswork wow. from, for creative teams and it gets creative teams really much more, much more aligned with the performance marketers who are running those campaigns. I think this is, this is why now I believe that a performance creative team belongs inside of the performance agency, not as a separate agency for the client. Nice. So you're creating a lot of these videos. And when you're, you know, when you're going to the creatives, how are you planning out when you're going to uh, like a performance max campaign? Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, I, I think there are some tried and true methods that will never go away. I think you always need to build creative around different personas and their needs and their pain points. So we mm -hmm. always, would involve a, pers a persona definition and mapping. And we're still basically trying to address people and their pain points according to where we see them fall in this, what we call a buyer awareness journey. At the top of this journey, people are unaware of a problem and they have a problem, but they're unaware of it. So the piece of creative should make them aware that they have a problem. The next step down is that they're aware they have a problem, but they don't know the solutions that are out there. So then, then you introduce, not yet your brand, but you introduce the solution as a whole. So that might be the solution of time tracking as a, in, in this case, it's a SaaS category, but it's a solution. Time tracking is a solution to your pain point that you now know you have. And then the final step is that once they're aware of the solutions that are out there, then you introduce your brand as the best solution. So we are toggle and we're better than, we're better than harvest and we're better than uh, whatever, whatever else. I, I don't know too many of the, the names in that space, but um <laughs> Uh, and I don't want to pick on anybody, but I think that video, we try to map out. So if you imagine this as a matrix where you pretty much have, you have different personas and then you have every stage of their buyer awareness journey, well, then you've got a ton of creative work to produce because you've got to produce it. You have to produce an A, a B, a C, a D, an E version in every one of those boxes. And every, every persona at every stage of the buyer's journey needs not one video, but you need to have several videos that you can A, B, C test against. And just imagine how quickly that workload goes exponentially large for a creative team. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know like when we do customer stories, we're doing multiple, multiple versions. We're doing multiple hooks, multiple bodies, yeah. multiple ends, even micro content too, right? And over time, those things change you know, because like a SaaS solution that, that might be a new SaaS solution now might, and no one's ever seen before six months from now, it's the content you need has changed. So you're constantly mm -hmm. changing as people learn about it. Yeah. So speaking of customer stories and like SaaS customer stories, how are you using those inside of that creative journey? I think cus telling customer stories is, is the, one of the most compelling ways to get, to get people out of that endless shopping mental mode into a point of action. It's, it's usually the best trigger. Um, there's another framework that, that uh, actually Google introduced about a year ago it's called a messy middle. And it describes the process that, first of all, it says that the buyer's journey is, is no longer linear. Forget about that. And even forget about the whole thing about funnels because funnels make you think linear. It's a, it's a, it's a total mess. It's like a bowl of spaghetti. Once they get into this <laughs> shopping mode and they, and they become so overwhelmed by the options and the information, they're empowered, but they're also overwhelmed. And they can, they can actually slip into this endless, infinite loop of exploration, evaluation, exploration, evaluation. And then you, you as the marketer, you finally need a, a trigger to, to yank them out of that and, and get them to buy. And there are these different, these different psychological triggers that are proven to work. And these are decades old principles, things like social proof or things like authority bias or the power of free or the scarcity effect. I mean, these are all things that pull people out of that 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 wheel that they're running on and say now it's time to act because if i don't grab this thing it's gone tomorrow there's only 10 left or somebody that i really admire and trust just told me to go out and buy it so I'm, now i'm going to do it and and this customer stories is a form of social proof or it can be a form of, of authority bias these are these are tried and true methods of, of this is just pure psychology these are the triggers that are going to get people out of those out of those exploration evaluation loops and get them to take action because they're going to see this is somebody who looks like me, who I can identify with. And it's a real story and look how successful they are. That's what I want to be. I'm ready to go. That's all I needed. You make such a good point. I try to explain this to people. And I, I love that you said that is everyone wants the funnels, but no one stays in a funnel, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, maybe it's a small funnel for like $10, but when you're talking a SaaS solution, even if your SaaS solution is relatively inexpensive, like I'm, I'm in SaaS overload. Like I look at our tech stack and I'm like, I yeah. do not want another SaaS. I don't even care if it's free. Sometimes I don't want another SaaS. So to get mm -hmm. me to do something, it's going to take more than information. It is going to take that customer story and I'm going to need to see it someplace mm -hmm. else than I, on your landing page. You, you're totally right there, Ian. The SaaS buyer's journey now is, is even more complex just because exactly what you said. There's, a, there's an overload. My tech stack is this big. Now I'm not sure if I need another tool or if I need to start consolidating some of these tools. And that, that's why I think we're entering a new, a whole, really a new era of SaaS because this is now, um, there was an unbundling era that was the last several years where you had a SaaS product that did every little thing and now suddenly you, your people have 20 different tools open and trying to get the tools to talk to each other. Now it's a rebundling effect. So if you look at a, a player like ClickUp, we, we migrated it over to ClickUp and ClickUp immediately just ate up. It ate our applicant tracking. It ate our uh, time tracking. I mean, it's soon, it's soon, it might soon become our CRM. So th this whole movement of rebundling with a low code or a no code experience where you don't have to, you don't have to get developers involved this is the future of SaaS. 
we, we've eliminated half of our tech stack because of ClickUp in the last six or eight months. And I think a lot of companies are starting to think in that same direction. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's when it, one piece fails, it doesn't work. And I think, you know, like there was an evolution because it was difficult, I think, you know, 10 years ago for all this to be unbundled because no one, it was so complicated technology, but now we mm-hmm. have the computing power, et cetera, to bring it back together. Cause that was always the dream, right? One software to do everything. And yeah. yeah that- and, and actually that was, that's what Microsoft delivered in the nineties probably, but, but now we're doing it all over again up in the cloud and, and um, with no code. And that, that's, that's really cool because now us marketers can get in and really break stuff and mess around <laughs> and we don't need to, and we don't need, we're not waiting on developers anymore as much to, to build stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea of, you know, using it as your pipeline, as your CRM and using it as for everything, you know, where do you see content now being involved in that aspect? Because I think one of the things that we always think about is content through Legion and not as much as content as a customer nurture. Right. And mm-hmm. that's where I'm sure most of the profitability it comes in for a lot of these, a lot of these people, because you're acquiring customers is keeping them on. Are you doing a lot of, as far as like customer retention through content development? Actually, we're not doing too much of that. Our, our entire focus is on growth and acquisition gotcha. for SaaS. So I can see us maybe getting into some of those areas in the future, because mm-hmm. for example, we really don't work with a customer success manager in a SaaS company, but those people need to be retaining and upselling their customers and they need content too. Yep. And they also need to be supplying content to the sales and marketing teams. But I see that SaaS companies are starting to integrate better and break down those silos between marketing sales and, and CSM. And as yep. they do that, then agencies like us who are focused on SaaS are going to naturally start working, not just on acquisition, but across the whole customer life cycle. And that's, that's exciting to think about for us, developing more customer stories that not only are arming salespeople, but they're arming customer success people for upsell opportunities or uh, helping somebody just get better product utilization. So yeah. I think we're going to move in that direction probably in the next one or two years. I, th- I mean, I think it's, it's so smart. I mean, it's, it's where you can do- easily double, right? Your average client value. So you can spend yeah. a little bit more on that acquisition side and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and happier customers talk more about it. Right. And happier yeah. isn't just, the, the product development, it's the experience and content is a big, big part of that. Awesome. And so, you know, in the immediate future, uh, you, we're talking middle of fall, I, you know, you, I think performance max is the most exciting part of it is what you're talking about. Is there something that like if a SaaS company wants to get started right now, taking a look at performance max steps, one, two, three, that you would suggest for them to do right now, it's, it's still in beta in Google. So it's not available in every Google ads account. Uh, I think it probably will be coming out of out of beta in the next few months. So the first step is really just to to figure out the best way to experiment with it without taking a huge risk. So you might want to start with, you know, a, a, a small test budget with it, and launch it as an experiment and see if it can if it can perform as well or outperform your your business as usual accounts. And once it does, then you need to probably just start to shift budget from your BAU over to Performance Max, and the, the key here is understanding that this is a very, very different animal. You're not selecting any keywords. So all the, all the thought about keyword research, forget it. Because Performance Max, there are no keywords. It's only content. All you need to do is feed Google with content 
creative and give it the goals that it needs to, to train its AI for. And then, then basically get out of the way because it's, it's about not optimization. It's about feeding the algorithm with what the algorithm needs and understanding what the algorithm likes and how it performs better, what it doesn't like. And that, that's a different mode to be in. You, you, you mm -hmm. can't manage a Performance Max campaign with a, with a Google Ads specialist. That, that won't work. You need to manage it with somebody who is a, a videographer. You need to manage it with a, ideally a data scientist. And you still need to have that platform specialist, the Google Ads specialist involved. But you need, you need much more than a, than a traditional team there. Yeah, I, and that's interesting. I think, and I think that's really interesting too for videographers because you know i've been saying this for a long time is you know you're gonna need on the ground boots on the ground that's one of those things that well it will be you know it's getting more and more remote you still need that person that's locally and you want them to understand these campaigns don't you the closer you can bring the videographer to the performance campaigns the better and it's why we're, we're really advocating now for this new model what we what we call agency 2.0 which is the, I think it's the future performance agency model. It, performance is still the core. Performance marketing is still the core, but you have to have also data science and creative, performance creative, all under the same roof, working in a very tightly integrated way, not, not, disjoint, and not disjointed and certainly not having a creative agency doing their thing and a performance agency doing their thing and them trying to, to work together. Because I just think that's, especially in a world, if you imagine a world where most of Google ad spend is gonna shift over to performance max style campaigns, your, your creative team has to be right there in the same room. They have to be part of the same team. Uh, they have to be able to look at uh, one week's results and one week later be producing the next batch of videos. So imagine how much faster everything has to move because you're, yeah. you're, you're, operating in an agile way you're not operating in a long long planning cycles anymore yep and, and which i love and is important because so many people will come to me and you know i have we have formulas for videos right we have formulas that we use but then in the end everyone's like well you know people come to me all the time and show me their videos i'm like and they're like well what do you think i'm like i think you should test it <laughs> and test it as yeah. fast as possible who cares yeah really who cares what, any, what anybody's opinion is if it yeah. sounds good enough it's it's going to be one of the tested videos yeah, that, that's a real mindset shift because creative people, and we are really now recruiting creative people from old world creative, their mentality is different. They, they, um, a lot of them are coming from a TV world and they're dreaming of the next Effie award or something and we have to tell them, forget about the stupid awards. We're not in this for the awards, we're in this for the ROI. And you better be ready for 90% of your stuff that you produce to fail because that's, that's the way this works. Because we're going we're gonna to hold on to the 10% that works and iterate off of it. And we're going to congratulate you for that 10%. And you have to throw away 90% of your work. And it's, it's not a failure in the bad sense because it's a learning, it's a learning experience. But you're, you're not just swinging for home runs. You're, you're just, just laying down a lot of bunts, basically. Yeah. <laughs> to be, well, to I mean use a terrible <laughs> baseball analogy. <laughs> but the home run comes on that random time, right? And, well, uh, you're going to win the game and you're going to score more runs. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's that money ball mentality. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's playing the percentages versus trying and someone that says that they have the answer is just wrong. I, it, you know, yeah, and you can hire someone. Who, yeah. You can hire someone with the experience. You know, I've talked to you know, Daniel Harmon came on and we talked about this a lot on giants of video. It's like, I mean, they've seen so many tests, right. And he's still wrong 40, 30, 40% of the time. Yeah. 
audience and, audience is still amazed and shock me because sometimes I'm so convinced that this this video is going to absolutely tank and it outperforms everything else and it beats the one that I was in love with. I mean, people yeah. naturally are going to be in love with creative. It just that's part of who we are as people. But you've got to you've got to try to to bring to take those emotions out of it and really let data lead the way. Um, and that, that is hard for a lot of creative people that making that transition is hard, I think. It, it is, but it's, it's so, so important. I mean, but if you think about it, even, you know, now thinking about it as human beings, you know, stories are the best creative, I think. And what we've always had is the best salespeople were great storytellers, but it's like stand-up comedians too. They got feedback, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it wasn't this, I, I spent 10 weeks on a story, put it out there and, and not get any feedback. It's like, yeah. if you're a salesperson, you're getting feedback every day on that story and you're improving and improving and improving and improving it. So it's totally. really, it's a human if thing. It just, go ahead. If you're a stand-up comic up there on stage and you start getting booed, then the rest of that bit, you probably just ought to trash it and you better, you better move to the next segment or you better improvise or something. But, you know, you wouldn't still finish a bit if, if the audience is either sitting there or, uh, or heckling. Yeah. And, and also like even one shift in a word can make something go uh, to hilarious and you wouldn't mm -hmm. even know that until, until you get that feedback. So, you know, I think, you know, the idea of data feeding creative is scary, like you said, to creatives, but in reality, mm -hmm. we've always had the data. It's just that when we went to computers, we lost it because we lost that human mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah. yeah. The feedback has always been there. It's been just, it's just been more human feedback through uh, expressions and vocal and body language. But now, now it's X's and O's and numbers and, but it's still, it's still feedback and you have to, you have to respond to it if you want to be successful. Yeah. And it's real feedback, right? Clicks, mm -hmm. buying, not, not surveys. Because surveys, people want yeah. in surveys. People don't know them surveys, but it's real feedback that you're getting, kind of like mm. laughter or someone's body language. Yeah. What's a, what's a stronger vote than when you vote with your with your wallet, right? Yep. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And um, awesome. So this is great. And I think that we need to talk more about this, especially as you get further on performance backs. I want to bring you back and see what's going on. Uh, but sure. if someone wants to get started working with you, if SaaS company wants to get working with you right now, best place is hop.online to find you. Yep. That's the website hop, H O P dot online. And that's our agency hop online. And you can also find me on LinkedIn pretty easily. Uh, those would be the top two, top two places to come in and find us and get in touch. Yeah. And I don't, there's not a whole lot of parish childresses out there. Is there? It's true. Yeah. Even if you just search. <laughs> Most likely, if you're in SaaS and you just search Paris in LinkedIn, I, I'm, I hope I would be the first uh, search result <laughs> popping up there. So it shouldn't be too hard. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even if you're not a SaaS company, go check out their website. I really love your branding. And, you know, it's it, it's a SaaS growth pilot. It's a solution-based branding. I love the drawn hand-drawn image. It really stands out. It's a great-looking website. Definitely check it out. Uh, Thanks. Awesome. Paris, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show in this special SaaS series. It's been a pleasure and look forward to, to doing it again, Ian. Thanks yeah, a lot. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Paris and I. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? 
storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. Facebook.